Welcome to the final part of the meaningless pursuit of more lessons from Ecclesiastes. One of the great advantages of reading a history book or biographies is learning from those mistakes others made in the hopes that you can avoid them. That's why the Bible is so great because it's full, it's full, chock full of great lessons, but lots of mistakes that we can learn from. Solomon, despite his many possessions and power, realized that in the end, they were all meaningless. If you haven't already done so, listen to parts one and two. Now let's wrap this up with a summary of those powerful lessons taken from Ecclesiastes chapter 6 to 12. Lesson one, realizing what one has. It's taken from chapters 6 verses 7 to 9. Everyone's toil is for their mouth, yet their appetite is never satisfied. What advantage have the wise over fools? What do the poor gain by knowing how to conduct themselves before others? Better what the eye sees than the roving of the appetite. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. What Solomon is saying here is that prosperity is not always good and adversity is not always bad. The roving of the appetite refers to the wasting time, dreaming and wishing for what one doesn't have. Lesson number two, his lesson for true wisdom, taken from chapters 7, verses 8 to 14. The end of a matter is better than its beginning, and patience is better than pride. Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. Do not say, why were the old days better than these? For it is not wise to ask such questions. Wisdom like an inheritance is a good thing and benefits those who see the sun. Wisdom is a shelter, as money is a shelter. But the advantage of knowledge is this. Wisdom preserves those who have it. Consider what God has done. Who can straighten what he has made crooked? And when times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider this. God has made the one as well as the other. Therefore, no one can discover anything about their future. And now verses 21 and 22. Do not pay attention to every word people say. Or you may hear your servant cursing you. For you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. I, I love that. It's hard not to listen to what other people say. It's so hard sometimes. But these verses talks about how God allows both good times and bad times to come to everyone. He blends them in our lives in such a way that we can't predict the future or count on human wisdom and power. We tend to give credit to ourselves for good times and then in bad times blame God or someone else without thanking him for the good that comes out of it. When life appears certain and controllable, don't let self-satisfaction or complacency make you too comfortable or God may allow bad times to drive you back to him. When life seems uncertain and uncontrollable, don't despair. God is in control and will bring good results out of your struggles. 
when he says that a person can be too righteous, how does, how's that, or too wise, what does he mean by that? I believe it's a warning against conceit or false righteousness. Just like the Jesus, you know, criticized the Pharisees for having false righteousness. Solomon was saying that some people become overly righteous or wise in their own eyes because they are deluded by their own acts. Balance is so important and God created us to be whole people who seek his righteousness and goodness. Therefore, let's avoid any extreme in, extremes of anything, legalism, immorality. Much we know, but some mysteries we will never understand. So thinking you have enough wisdom tends to be a sure, sure sign that you don't. Lesson number three, timing. I love this. It's hard sometimes. We can become impatient. This lesson is taken from Solomon chapter 8, verses 6 to 8. For there is a proper time and procedure for every matter. Though a person may, may be weighed down by misery, since no one knows the future, who can tell someone else what is to come? And no one has power over the wind to contain it. So no one has power over the time of their death. Let's look to the early fathers. This is a commentary by Benson on this verse. Because to every purpose there is a time, there is a fit way and season for the accomplishment of every business which is known to God, but for the most part hidden from man. The misery of man is great, because there are few who have wisdom to discern this. Most men expose themselves to manifold mysteries, for he knoweth not that which shall be. Men are generally ignorant of future events and of the success of their endeavors, and therefore their minds are disquieted, and their expectations frequently are disappointed, and they fall into many mistakes and miscarriages, which they might prevent if they foresaw the issues of things. Who can tell when it shall be? No wise man, no astrologer, no soothsayer can discover this. Lesson four, there is a common destiny for all, as found in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 10 to 12. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the realm of the dead where you are going, there is neither working nor planning, nor knowledge, nor wisdom. I have seen something else under the sun. The race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong. Nor does food come to the wise, or wealth to the brilliant, or favor to the learned. But time and chance happen to them all. Moreover, no one knows when their hour will come. As fish are caught in a cruel net, or birds are taken in a snare, so people are trapped by evil times that fall unexpectedly upon them. The world is finite, and sin has twisted life making it what God did not intend. Solomon is trying to reduce our expectations. The book of Proverbs also emphasizes how life would go if everyone acted fairly. Ecclesiastes explains what usually happens in our sinful and perfect world. We must keep our perspective. Don't let the inequities of life keep you from earnest, dedicated work. We serve God, not people. Lesson 5 
make use of your skills. This is taken from Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10. If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. Trying to do anything without the necessary skills or tools is like chopping wood with a dull axe. If your tool is dull, you should sharpen it to do a better job. Similarly, if you lack skills, sharpen them through training and practice. In each situation, sharpening the axe means recognizing where a problem exists, acquiring or honing the skills to do the job better, then going out and do it. Find the areas of your life where your axe is dull and sharpen your skills so that you can be more effective for God's work. Look at the skills you already have. How are you using them to bring more people to God? Serving God is not only about ministry. It's showing others what a Christian is through our actions, through love, grace, great leadership, and being fruitful. Lesson six, a false reliance on money. Verses 19 and 20. A feast is made for laughter. Wine makes life merry, and money is the answer for everything. Do not revile the king even in your thoughts or curse the rich in your bedroom because a bird in the sky may carry your words and a bird on the, on the wing may report what you say. I love this. It's, it's very creative and actually funny. We tend to throw our money at problems, but just as the thrill of wine is only temporary, the soothing effect of the last purchase soon wears off and we have to buy more. That shopping channel is, is a great example. eBay is a great example. That excitement of, of outbidding your, your, your competitor. Some people just get, I know someone in my family was addicted just to winning that bet and spent a lot of money. It was an expensive lesson to learn. But scripture recognizes that money is necessary for survival but warns against the love of money. Money can be dangerous because it deceives us into thinking that wealth is the easiest way to get everything we want. The love of money is wrong and and dangerous because we trust money rather than God to solve our problems. Those who pursue it, its empty promises, will one day discover that they have nothing because their bank account may be full, but they're spiritually empty. The last lesson talks about being prepared. Ecclesiastes 11 verses 1 to 6. Ship your grain across the sea. After many days you may receive a return. Invest in seven ventures. Yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. If clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening let your hands not be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. Amen. In these verses, Solomon summarizes that life involves both risk and opportunity. 
Life has no guarantee, so we must be prepared. Solomon does not support a despairing attitude. Just because life is uncertain does not mean we should do nothing. We need a spirit of trust and adventure, facing life's risks and opportunities with God-directed enthusiasm and faith. If you're waiting for perfect conditions, you'll be waiting a long time, which will mean inactivity. This insight is especially applicable to our spiritual lives. If we wait for the perfect time and place for personal Bible reading, we will never begin. If we wait for a perfect church, we will never join. If we wait for the perfect ministry, we will never serve. Take steps now to grow spiritually. Don't wait for conditions that may never exist. Finally, Solomon ends this book with the real realization. A life without God can produce a bitter, lonely, and hopeless old age. A life centered around God is fulfilling. It will make the days of trouble when disabilities, sickness, and handicaps cause barriers to enjoying life. Satisfying because of the hope of eternal life. The book of Ecclesiastes cannot be interpreted correctly without reading its final verses. No matter what the mysteries and apparent contradictions of life are, we must work toward the single purpose of knowing God. Solomon shows us that we should enjoy life, but this does not exempt us from obeying God's commandments. We should search for purpose and meaning in life, but they cannot be found in human endeavors. Acknowledge evil, foolishness, and, and, and injustice, yet maintain a positive attitude and strong faith in God. Let's end this series with Solomon's final two verses. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing whether it is good or evil. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this three-part series, and thank you for listening to Two Pillars Podcast with Lita Torres. I would ask that you please subscribe and leave me a positive review on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. It really is the best way you can support this podcast as it helps to reach other listeners. Join me next time for another episode of Two Pillars Podcast. Thank you.